0: Hear the word of God as it is, it is found in Luke's gospel, the 19th chapter, beginning to read at the 28th verse. And when Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And when he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of the disciples saying go into the village opposite where on entering you will find a coat tied on which no one has ever sat, untie it and bring it here if anyone asks you why are you untying it you shall say this the Lord has need of it so those who were sent went away And found it as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, Why are you untying the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus. And throwing their garments on the colt, they set Jesus upon it. And as he rode along, they spread their garments on the road. As he was now drawing near at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the higher. And some of the Pharisees in the multitude said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. And when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that even today you knew the things that make for peace. But now they are hid from your eyes. For the day shall come upon you when your enemies will cast up a bank about you and surround you and hem you in on every side and dash you to the ground, you and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. Amen and amen. Since the beginning of time, God has in many and various ways given us glimpses of the truth that he has for us. He gave glimpses of truth. When he guided such leaders who guided our forefathers, leaders like Abraham and Moses and Joshua and the judges, God gave us glimpses of truth when he revealed his word unto us through the prophets like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. He gave us a glimpse of the meaning of sacrifice as he led the priests to offer those on behalf of the sins of the people. And he gave our forefathers a a glimpse of the glory of the kingdom, the kingdom as Israel knew it under kings Saul, Solomon, and especially blessed King David. But that was not enough. And then, and then, according to the Bible, in the fullness of time, that's the biblical way of saying, at the right moment, in an exactly precise second, God gave a glimpse of Himself to the world. And at a precise moment of history into a little obscure town by the name of Bethlehem of Judea God revealed himself in the person of a man Jesus Christ and God came to earth himself the word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us God was with us, Emmanuel, the King of kings, the Lord of lords had come. And of this king, there would be no end to his kingdom. That's history. And when God came down in Jesus Christ, he slowly, deliberately, very carefully, began to give unto us humans the meaning of what it requires to live in the presence of the living King. For 30 years, this God-man, Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, lived in a little town by the name of Nazareth and after that he began what the bible scholars call a three-year period of public ministry and traveling throughout a land which in that day was no bigger than our state of new jersey jesus walked through the land of palestine preaching the kingdom of god has come he presented the plan for the kingdom. He pardoned all people who would repent of their sin and turn unto Him and follow Him. And He provided, He provided for the presence of God in our midst. And then, in the fullness of time, at just the right moment, and in just the right way, God, who had planned Christmas so carefully, now was planning the eight greatest days that this world has ever known. God made all of the arrangements even for making available a donkey which he would ride on Palm Sunday and and reserving the upper room where he had chosen to have the Last Supper with his disciples. He took care of all of the details, all of the nitty-gritty. Everything was ready and then on the first of those eight days he took his position there on the Mount of Olives and some of us have stood in that very spot and getting on the back of a donkey, the sign of peace. And whenever a king comes riding on the back of a donkey the people know symbolically that is a king who comes in peace. But from the Mount of Olives he descended down into the Kidron Valley, came up the hill, through the gates of the city, and straight to the temple of the King. The next few days Jesus carefully, painstakingly, pointedly, and completely summarized all that he had been saying and doing in the last three years he summarized everything that he meant as king of kings and lord of lords. And within that eight-day eight day period, by the words that he spoke and by the actions he did, he proved to the world once and for all that truly this is the king who came in the name of the Lord. Now, he again presented his program, and he tried to make it as simply and as uncomplicated as he could, yet without losing none of the meat he knew that preachers like myself two thousand years later would be having to try to explain it to people who may not be listening so what jesus did he took all of the great and mighty laws that numbered in the thousands and he said they can be summarized in two laws love love the lord your god with all of your heart soul mind and strength and And love your neighbor and do unto him as you would want him to do unto you Jesus during those last days never missed the opportunity of pronouncing pardon upon anyone anyone who would come unto him confessing their sin who asked for the opportunity to start life again to be born again spiritually he gave pardon pronounced pardon upon people who were willing to turn around 180 degrees 80 degrees and show signs of repentance and who would follow him and he practiced and presented the presence of God Up there in the upper room on that Thursday in that last eight-day period, Jesus was quiet with his disciples, and he took bread. He broke it. He took the cup, and he poured wine into it. And he said, this is my body. This is my blood. Whoever shall eat of this bread and drink of this cup, He shall show the Lord's death till he come. And with these words, Jesus gave the promise that as King of kings and Lord of lords, he would never leave his people or desert them. He would go away for a while, but he would come back and receive them unto himself. And sure enough, on Sunday morning, when the people came and found the tomb empty, Jesus had risen. And he came and for forty days appeared unto his disciples and to great multitudes of people, proving, proving once and for all that he was the Son of God, God incarnate, the King who was with his people. For forty days he ascended. Ten days later we had the revelation of a new way of the Holy Spirit and the Kingdom of God had begun. All of this because of Christmas that was climaxed in Holy Week. But Jesus said that while the parade was going on he heard the shouts of the people He heard little children even saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. But with all of the fanfare, with all of the noise, with all of the excitement, this Jesus was in the parade and he was weeping. He was crying, not for himself, though he knew what was going to happen to him, but for the people. He was crying for his people. Weeping big crocodile tears for his people, because his people didn't know that he was the King of Kings. They did not know the hour of their visitation by the King. How could they know? Now I think he was being a little hard on them. They hadn't been yet to communion. They hadn't yet to experience Golgotha Hill in all of its blackness and ugliness. They didn't know there was such a thing as Easter, let alone the Ascension and Pentecost. These things were hid from those people's eyes, and even though they were hid, Jesus wept. He wept for his people because these people not knowing the hour of the visitation instead of crowning him king they crucified him and they knew not what they did the word became flesh and dwelt in our midst he came unto his own but his own received him not And Jesus wept. That was Palm Sunday 2,000 years ago, nearly that long ago. I know where Jesus is today. He's seated at the right hand of God. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. But I wonder what Jesus is doing right now. Jesus has heard us here in this church, you know, on Christmas Eve, singing about the silent night and the holy night and about our Savior who was born in a manger. Jesus saw our great procession that we had here just a few minutes ago. Jesus knows that we've been at the table of the Lord. He's fed us. Jesus has heard us as we have stood at the foot of the cross on Good Friday and said, Beneath the cross of Jesus, I fain would take my stand. Jesus has been with you and me on other Easter's. He knows that we know of his ascension and Pentecost. And I cannot help but wonder jesus who is here by the power of his holy spirit i wonder if he is smiling and as happy as we are or in our triumphant mood with our singing of blessed be the king who comes in the name of the lord i wonder if in this great multitude jesus is in our midst Weeping, weeping because we do not know the hour of his visitation. The Jews, they had an excuse they did not yet know. But we have no excuse, ladies and gentlemen. Everything that God can do to tell us about himself, he has done. There's not another single solitary thing that God can do to tell us that he lives. Not one more thing and if we don't believe it God can do nothing but cry there's nothing left nothing he's not worried about us crucifying him that's already happened to him he worries what happens to us when we do not crown him and please make sure you understand this clearly a person crowns Jesus Christ as the Son of God and the King of Kings only, only when he practices the plan and the program of Christianity a man is not a part, nor is a woman of the kingdom if the attitude is always to love self and to do unto your neighbor before he does it unto you. The Lord is not our King. If in our activities outside the church or inside the church include killing not only with bombs but with those more deadly weapons, words and attitudes, and prejudices. The Lord is not our King when we can look at the hungry and the naked and the people who are sick and in prison and we don't care. God's weeping in heaven today if He does not see us taking part in the plan of the kingdom. God is in the heavens weeping today if we do not allow him to pronounce pardon upon our sin. If we walk around and think that there is nothing wrong with us, that we are lily white and have cleaned our hands and washed our hands of everything that is wrong, then Jesus Christ died in vain. For Jesus came to save sinners. And if we do not know we sin, we not only lie unto ourselves but unto God, and he weeps, because. We do not allow him to do only that which he can do. And God is in his heaven weeping if today he does not see us practicing the presence of God. God is happy and joyous with us when we throw back our shoulders and lift up our heads and march triumphantly out into the sunshine of joy and of happiness and of faith and of peace and of power. God weeps when we crawl down into the basements of despair and into the shadows of darkness and into gloom and into disappointment and into negative thinking. And when we can do nothing but cry about ourselves, our loss, our church, and our world. And because we cry, our great King who cares cries. And I cannot help wondering as God looks down upon us, His sons and His daughters, those who he died for in his son to make sons and daughters of the kingdom. That's who we are. I wonder if he's pleased or if he's weeping. Palm Sunday is always a great day in Bakers Church. has been for many years. And I'm sure many of you who were here then have forgotten that this is a special Palm Sunday because it was just 20 years ago today you people marched into this new sanctuary for the first time. It's 20 years old today. Doesn't look bad, does it? You worked. You had prayed and you had paid and God blessed you with giving you the ability to see a vision come alive I'm sure it was very difficult in those days Roland Hartzell our clerk of has told me many many stories but on behalf of those of us who came after we say thank you for your faith for your strength for what you brought us on a Palm Sunday many many years ago because of this great church hundreds of people many of whom were not born at that time have stood right there and have professed their faith in Christ and had pronounced upon them the pardon of forgiveness many many people through the ministry of this church, through its radio broadcasts, are still this very day proclaiming the plan of the program for the kingdom. And you'd be surprised the letters and the conversations we have with people way out there who come to a new understanding of Christ and of his kingdom because of this church where we practice the presence of God. God has great things in store for you and me this week. The God who planned Christmas, the God who planned Palm Sunday has great plans for you and for me this holy week. So please be with us. Please be with us. For the King will be here. Rise up, O people of God, have done with lesser things. Give heart, soul, mind, and strength to Him, the King of kings. Amen. Father, we thank you for including us in your kingdom. Thank you, Father, for introducing us to Christ and allowing us to rise up and to be the people, the sons and the daughters of the everlasting King. And now, may grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be and abide with you and with all of the people of the kingdom, now and forevermore. Amen.